Still flying high off of that Auburn victory for the Arkansas Razorbacks. Still have your ears ringing from Bud Walton Arena being so loud, as do I. And so does Alyssa Lang of the SEC Network, who joins us next on the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I am also the host of Out of Bounds. You can catch every weekday afternoon from 1 to 4 on 1037 The Buzz and 1037thebuzz.com. Have a very special guest on this Friday edition of the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. Even though that Auburn game happened a few days ago, people are still talking about it here in the state of Arkansas. And someone who knows all about that game and was right there in the middle of it is Alyssa Lang of the SEC Network. And she joins us now on the podcast. And Alyssa, first off, I'm so glad that we were finally able to make this happen because we had this cat and mouse game of trying to get you on the podcast. But second off, hopefully you can hear me okay. Hopefully your ears aren't ringing too bad still on this Friday, even though that game was Tuesday. But we appreciate you joining us. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Um, I know we've been trying to make it for so long, it feels like, and I'm glad we've finally been able to. I'm not going to lie. I did have to have a few glasses of wine after. After that game was over, just to kind of like down a little bit, get my hearing, and I think I finally to hear normal again on Wednesday morning because it was just so loud. And I was telling folks that you know a lot of the times we have our, our headsets in during these games, and sometimes something will happen in a football game or a basketball game, and I'll have to kind of push them in my ears a little further just to make sure I can hear the truck and hear the guys and. I think I was sitting at the table on the sidelines doing this the entire game, just making sure I could hear the broadcast and hear everything that was happening. It was so loud, but I knew that was going to in section. It was just insane. Yeah, that's the thing is like I was, uh, of course, you know, first off, I you needed wine. I think I needed a cigarette or two after watching that type of game. Like it was it was that incredible, <laughs> like to try to try to experience and witness it. And, you know, I've been going to games my whole life at, at Bud Walton Arena. And, you know, I've seen some really epic games and some epic teams come in there. Obviously, you know, Arkansas in the 90s when they were doing really well and winning championships and whatnot. But like that type of level, I don't think I've ever seen where just from beginning to end, the crowd was into it. The electricity was into it. And of course the court storming afterwards, like it's just, it's, you know, that's what makes college basketball so great. And I think even Eric Musselman talked about it uh, after the game and, and everything where he's like, you don't get those opportunities where you play the number one team in your, in your home court to be able to have that insane reaction. And I think that's what just made it so perfect where all the stars aligned for this and to, to have the fans enjoy that and be a part of that too. Like that's just kind of one of the cool things and what makes college basketball so great. Yeah, and and just the way that they got ready, you know, for this game days before, right? Like we saw Musk tweeting the videos of the students camping out and this didn't actually make the broadcast because we didn't have time with it being such a back and forth game. But you might have seen this student uh, when you were on the floor walking around. There was a guy in the front of the student section who had a sign. It was a cardboard sign and it said, I had a seizure this morning and I walked over to him and I was like, are you okay? Are you okay? Like, first of all, like, what's your name? Are you, are you okay? Like I have to check on you first. And he's like, yeah, 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 I'm fine. And I said, well, do you mind me asking what in the world happened? Like what, what's going on here? 
anything getting ready for tickets. I was outside the arena and I don't think I was sleeping enough. I don't think my body was, you know, being filled with the fuel that it needed to, to keep going. And I was in class this morning. And next thing I knew, I started feeling kind of funny. And then I woke up in the hospital and I was like, well, and, and you're, you're good now. You were in the hospital this morning. He's like, yeah, they cleared me. And they basically just said, you know, like my, my body kind of shut down from not, from not treating it right and not putting the right stuff in it that I needed. And they cleared me and they gave me what I needed. And, you know, at this point it was game time. So I had to come to the arena and I'm looking at him like, you're insane. You're insane. Like you need to be at home resting, taking care of yourself. And he's like, well, I wasn't missing this for the world. He still had his uh, hospital bands on. He had the cotton ball under the bandaid from where they had drawn blood from him. And I was just like, this embodies how important and how big this game was for people. This kid had a literal seizure in class this morning, went to the hospital, and I'm not sitting here recommending that. I'm not sure that that was the best course of action for uh, recovering from that, but that was the decision he made because he wanted to be there. He wanted to be loud, and he was in the front row. So it was insane. Somebody asked me yesterday if it was the best college basketball environment that I've ever been in, and without a doubt, yes. Uh, there's, there's no question I have ever been in an arena that was that loud, that insane, that raucous. And it was so much fun from the beginning to the very, very end. It was insane. Well, and see, that actually led me into what I was going to ask you next. It's just, you know, comparing it to a lot of different atmospheres, because I know you've been in a lot of crazy atmospheres and different arenas in college basketball, especially too. And, you know, that's where I try to tell people, because I talked to a few of uh, people that I know, like in Kentucky sports media and who work for Kentucky sports radio and, uh, I was trying to tell them, like, you know, that, that they haven't been to Bud Walton Arena. They're like, hey, it looks crazy on, on TV. And, you know, how loud is it? And I'm like, I can't describe how it is. And see, that's why I like hearing it from you, because the only arena I know is Bud Walton Arena. Like, that's the only one I've grown up in. And I know how crazy of an atmosphere and how crazy it can be. But when you hear people like you or others who go to so many different arenas and get to experience crazy atmospheres and big games, and then you come on here and say that that's the craziest one you've ever been in. Like that, I guess that just, you know, it's like kind of like a not a little feather in the cap of Razorback fans being like, well, you know, we may not have the biggest football stadium. We do have a great baseball stadium. But if you can tell me that we have one of the best atmospheres in all of college basketball as far as arenas go, that's something that they can kind of hold their hat on and be really proud of and say, hey, this this isn't just us thinking this. This is other people who have been here, too. Right. And and not only I want to add this because I, I haven't been able to really like share this story yet. And I'm hoping I'm hoping there will be a part two to this. Not only was it the craziest, loudest, sane arena experience. Every time I come to Arkansas, everybody is so nice. Everybody is so nice to me. Everybody goes out of their way to help me like whatever it is and after the game you know I, I ended up getting coach Musselman in the tunnel to try to kind of get him off the floor protect not only his arm situation but everybody anybody from getting hurt so I get up from my seat and and you knew where I was sitting in one of those tables right in front of the students I get up from my seat and I go over to the tunnel to try to wait and make sure I'm in the right spot and it didn't even occur to me to put my stuff away, like to put my iPad and my phone and everything in my bag and maybe even take it with me or put it somewhere. So I left it there on the table and I get to the tunnel, do the interview with Mus, 
turn around, look at the court. And I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to get back to my seat. First of all, second of all, I hope my stuff is still there. Like this, this is, this could get bad. So about 20 minutes later, I finally kind of get back around the stadium, get to one of the entrances where it was closer to my seat. And one of the police officers was helping me kind of like guide my way through the crowd to get back to grab my stuff. Tom Hart, Dane Bradshaw were on their way out and they were like, we'll wait for you, you know, at the truck, get back to the hotel, just grab your stuff. So I get back, back to where I was sitting and the table was like completely empty. Like the monitor, the TV monitor that I was looking at was on the ground and was smashed up a little bit. My backpack was like 10 feet away from where I had left it. I had some makeup products that were kind of like strewn throughout the floor. And, you know, there's still like thousands of people on the floor. And my iPad and my phone are gone. And I'm like, oh, no. Like, and of course, I don't, I don't blame anybody in a court storming. Like, everybody's going. I'm like, my, my whole life, <laughs> my iPad, my cell phone. Like, what am I going to do? So a couple of police officers and then a couple of the students started to hear what was going on and that I was looking for my iPad. And so like in this sea of people, a couple of Arkansas students are like, well, we'll help you find it. We'll help you find it. And so like they're going onto the floor and they're looking, they're looking to see if they can find anything. They're like, what does it look like? And after about 20, 30 minutes of looking, uh, we kind of gave up. And I thought, you know, it's either way across the other side. Maybe someone will pick it up, turn it into lost and found, or, you know, I, I don't know, but I was already like, I'll go to Verizon tomorrow and get a new phone. And it is what it is. I get out to the truck and I tell my producer what's going on. And they're like, no, you, you lost your phone. Like what in the world? This is awful. Then we get a call from someone within the Arkansas athletics department. And they said, one of the university of Arkansas police officers picked up my stuff just before the court storming and we were able to kind of track him down his name is paul and paul had the wherewithal to see that i was an idiot and left my stuff on the table grabbed it and held on to it and eventually got it back to me to kind of protect it from everything and i was just like when when they brought it back out i was like i will be an arkansas fan till the day i die because you guys saved my life and you were looking out for me and even when i thought it was gone there were students offering to help me so even after the game was over after the broadcast was over the craziness did not end um but i've always talked you know about going to fayetteville and experiencing that southern hospitality and it truly shone through in that moment um it was a roller coaster and i'm so appreciative of everybody out there for sure because it was insane for a lot of reasons that's that's an awesome story because i i laughed when because i was out on the court too because i didn't i'm like I wasn't storming the court, but I wanted to get like cool videos and yeah. pictures and stuff of being down there. And I like I like tried to go out there and get as quickly as I could because I knew the the stampede was coming behind me. Like I got hit. Like I was I was covered in some sort of fluid. Yep. I hope it was sweat. I don't know what it was. Like there was just so much madness going on. And I'm cracking up because I'm sitting there and I'm trying to, you know, everyone's just squeezed so tight. They're crowd surfing a chair. I guess they found from Gucci Row. They're, you know, just crowd surfing mm -hmm. a chair. They're crowd surfing a trash can. So, like, when you tell me that story, I'm like, there is no way that if some of those students got a hold of her stuff, that it was ever going to be seen right. again. Like, right. it was just going to be a pure bedlam with that going on. But see, that's that's an incredible story. And that cop, I, I mean, that's an, the fact that he had the 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 wherewithal to be able to do that uh, is is pretty incredible because. 
and in a scene like that and with everything's going on i mean my goodness yeah anything that got into the pathway it, it wasn't going to last because even dj derrick the, the dj there i heard a lot of his monitors got destroyed too from people just rushing the court so yeah a lot of damage control and that's awesome that you got, got a chance to at least keep your stuff your especially your phone too because that's probably pretty problematic especially in your business yeah shout out shout out to paul for doing that because i i don't know what i would have done like i had to board a plane the next morning and you know it, it was funny because my producer is like well can you do you know find my iphone or can we call it and i was like well i turned it off because i didn't want to be distracted during the game i turned it off so my phone is off there's no no way of calling it or having it light up or anything so i really thought that uh I was going to lose it and that was going to be that, but it, it was a just huge sigh of relief when I got that call that someone had picked it up. And then I saw DJ Derek talking about that after the game and, and DJ Derek is obviously awesome. And I love getting to see him, but I'm sure he was probably like, uh, yeah, I guess this was worth it because it was so crazy. And I, I kind of felt the same way. I was like, you know what? If I lost my iPad and my phone in this situation, it is what it is. Like I'll I'll figure it out. I'll whatever. I'll I'll find something. But I guess this was worth it in this kind of environment in this court storm. I I can live with that at the very least. Yeah, it's an experience you'll never forget, and one you can always uh, feel good about too. And we'll continue this discussion with Alyssa Lang here on the Locked On Razorbacks podcast here in just a second. But first, I got to tell you about Bet Online and how it has you covered all season long with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. With the, as football continues through its march to the playoffs and into the big game, which is coming up, of course, this weekend. And betonline.net remains the best sports spot for all of your scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just about football. BetOnline has last-minute, up-to-minute uh, info on pro and college hoops, as well as NHL, boxing, UFC, along with live, real-time updates of current games. So don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing new offers for the 2022 season. So head over to betonline.net, where the game starts. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, so Alyssa Lang of the SEC Network is our guest here on the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. And Alyssa, and obviously we talked about the insane atmosphere of Bud Walton Arena, how much fun it was. And a lot of that, of course, had to do with the fact that Eric Musselman's Razorbacks actually won the game and beat the number one team in the country. And I think that's what Razorback fans are flying high so much about where just like a month or so ago, it seemed like this basketball team was completely and totally not living up to that expectation they had. They were a top 10 team and they had some bad losses, some head scratchers. They couldn't play defense. They looked dead in the water. And now they're, they've won nine in a row and they just beat the number one team. And they still got a lot of games left and, you know, in a couple of weeks, they, or next Saturday, I guess, they welcome Tennessee, who's a top 25 team. Then Kentucky comes the next Saturday to Bud Walton Arena. So what is when you've been watching Arkansas and seeing this turnaround, what what have you made of it? How, how has this team been able to put it all together where it seemed like for a while there, they weren't even going to make it into the NCAA tournament? Yeah, well, well first of all, I, I don't think it's surprising that they were able to figure out how to turn this thing around, right? We we had expectations for this team. We knew this was a team that should have been pretty good this year. And as you mentioned, not just Arkansas fans, everybody was surprised with the way they started conference play. I, I think the guys would say that they were surprised as well. Uh, this was the first game that of, that of theirs that I've gotten to do this year. And I will say just from being at shoot around and experiencing 
some of the things that they were going through and some of the things that they were talking about, the discussions that were had before this Auburn game, being able to talk to some of the players, it just felt different. And being able to talk to some of the guys about, you know, well, what, what is the biggest difference from what was happening at the beginning at the beginning of the season to what was happening now? And how did you guys get over that? A lot of it sounded like it was really just a mental, we're not happy with this. We're not happy with this, and we're the only ones who are going to be able to change this. We know what we're capable of. Why are we not able to put this together? And a lot of hard conversations and soul searching in that locker room to say, okay, what do we need to do to get back to where we want to be? And as soon as they did get back to that place, they haven't left that place, right? They've only gotten better and better and better. And you talk about confidence being such a big thing in this in this league. Confidence is one of those things that, you know, we get on TV and we talk about, well, which team, you know, believes they can win and which team is showing up thinking they can win. And sometimes people roll their eyes a little bit and they're like, well, okay, that's, that's maybe not the biggest deal in the world, but in this league, it really is. And experiencing a must shoot around, experiencing everything that the guys were doing on Tuesday morning to prepare for this game. I had never, and and I haven't been to shoot arounds for, you know, every college basketball team in the country or even in the SEC at this point, but I had never experienced a shoot around that was so intensely organized. I mean, from having things taped on the bottom of the basket to on the bench to everywhere having everything written down as far as what we need to do. And then must reiterating that in the middle of a drill, stopping a drill and saying, okay, we know that this guy's going to try to do this. Why are we not doing this? You need to be doing this. Do not forget that this is what needs to be happening. Um, talking to JD Note, you know, during shoot around, I, I kind of talked to him about those same things. You know, how are you guys able to get on the same page and play your best basketball? And they talk so much about how much this team loves each other and the communication that they have with each other, everybody knowing their roles, but everybody being unselfish as well. And I really experienced that every time I would walk over to the Arkansas huddle during the game, during the Auburn game, you know, when things were going well, guys are on each other and guys are getting on each other about, okay, like, let's capitalize on this. Let's go on a run. JD, you keep doing this. Jalen, you keep doing this and really talking to each other when Auburn's closing the gap in the first half. And when it becomes more of a game in the second half, same thing, very vocal, must getting on guys. It's very consistent. At least it was on Tuesday from shoot around to the game to every timeout that I was in it. The consistency is there, which is why this isn't surprising that now that they've got on this winning streak, that it's continued. Uh, I think my favorite part of Tuesday was when Coach Musselman wrapped up shoot around on Tuesday morning. And at the very end, he gave a an emotional speech to the guys as far as I don't care who it is. I don't care who's coming to play here. You will not be afraid of these guys. You should not be afraid of anybody. You've worked for this. We have a game plan. Everybody knows what they're supposed to be doing. Do not be afraid. And we were sitting there, Tom, Dane, and I are looking at each other going, oh my God, we got chills over this. Like, this is amazing. And of course, he was a little more animated than what I repeated just now, knowing Mus. Um, but that was the way they played. And he's gotten them to believe that. And they believe that, that they're fearless and they're talented and they know what they can do. And it was really cool to see that come to fruition against Auburn on Tuesday night. And 
see if they can capitalize on some of that momentum and that confidence throughout the rest of the season. Well, see, and that's what Razorback fans maybe not don't have a chance to be able to see is they know that he's a very intense guy. They see some videos, they see him animated on the sidelines and obviously his social media presence is very high. Like they see those elements of it, but when it comes to the actual basketball side of things, you know, they'll see a clip here and there of how he, you know, will say we're doing this or whatever. But I think that just from what I've seen and from what the kind of like what you were just talking about in that story is Mus has a, has an idea in his head of how everything needs to go and he knows how to win. And it's just a matter of finding that consistency too. But it's almost like he treats it in a way of like an NBA team and, and where it's just, it's extremely organized and it's an extreme, uh, you know, emotion and, you know, getting after them and, and pushing them. But it's also a matter of letting the players kind of be their own type of player and let them be their own, you know, whether it's, you know, what shot do you want to take? What are you seeing? How, what are you comfortable with utilizing their strengths to where instead of trying to fit them in a square peg into a round hole type thing, he's more kind of just letting them have this freedom to be able just to play the game and let the game come to them. So it's kind of a weird balance where you're able to be that organized and that, and then, you know, that intense and, and that, uh, rigid, but also being able to provide freedom for the players to be able to still go out there and play the game of basketball that they love. Yeah. And, and, you know, that's one of the questions that oftentimes I have a couple of go-to questions that in a shoot around or an interview environment, I like to ask guys. And, and one of those questions is, what is it like to play for coach? What, what are some of the things that you love about him during game day? What are some of the things that, you know, when he turns the flips, the switch in, in the middle of a timeout, like what are some of those things that are happening? And JD, you know, sat there for a second and thought about what I was asking. And he said, you know, he's just really good. He's just really good. He just knows the game. He knows where we're supposed to be. He coaches us hard. But you can tell that there's just this abundance of respect between the players and Muss and Muss and the players. And, and you can really see that in those huddles and during those timeouts and during those TV timeouts where you walk over there and sometimes. It's not necessarily Muss, the one who's the one addressing this, drawing up a play and yelling at somebody to get on the boards more, telling somebody that they're not defend, you know, close enough when they're defending these Auburn shooters. It's the guys who are talking to each other. And it's not just one, it's not just two, it's all of them. Uh, seeing, saying what they see and telling somebody what they're noticing from their guarding and Oh, when when Walker Kessler does this, like you need to be doing this or we need to be playing, you know, within half a step. So seeing that and knowing that it's not just must, you know, on the guys, on the guys, on the guys all the time tells me that, you know, this is a team that, like I said, buys into the leadership aspect of knowing that everyone's on the same page and everybody has a role no matter what it is. And everybody kind of working towards this common goal, which again, kind of sounds cheesy. Um, but I, I know it's one of those things that, it's important for a team that wants to go far to have those intangibles and Arkansas has those intangibles and, and they want to go well for sure. Yeah. I mean, it's looking up right now and that's, what's crazy about the sec just in general is that, you know, obviously Auburn, even though Arkansas beat them on Tuesday, I still think they're the best team, if not one of the best teams in the country, uh, just how talented they are. Then you got Kentucky who's really coming along. You got Tennessee, who uh, is, is playing really well and is a top 25 team and obviously Arkansas doing their thing too. But it just seems like like it's amazing how the SEC, how far it's come uh, from, from where you had it to where you had Kentucky and Florida and then maybe a third team 
being good or decent and the rest of them were just nothing to yeah. where now not only do you have so many teams but the coaches like eric musselman you got bruce pearl you got john calipari you got rick barnes you got ben Hallen. i mean you got these name guys that have really elevated the whole conference so i think that that's also what makes at least from the razorback perspective this run and what arkansas is doing is so great is because they're able to do this in a conference that actually has a lot of great coaches and a lot of better teams it's no longer you just beating up on a bunch of patsies like you're actually playing and beating quality teams especially when you go on the road and i think that that's why people are even appreciate must that much more is because he's doing it against other coaches that are just as good or in some cases have more accomplished than he is but he's still finding ways to get it done well, I mean, how often are we talking about that on the football side as well, right? Especially with Arkansas. I mean, Sam Pittman came in, and if you didn't know who Sam Pittman was, there were plenty of people who were going, okay, this is interesting. And then Pittman gets here, and it ends up being one of the best culture fits that we've ever seen, I feel like, in the SEC. And, and here we are now, Sam Pittman rattling the cages of the SEC going, okay, uh, Arkansas is here and we're not going anywhere. We're only coming after you and getting some of these big time wins against coaches who had an extensive resume compared to Pittman, who I, I did get to see at that game, which was awesome. Like he gets stopped left and right by Arkansas fans, which is deservedly so. But to your point, when ESPN put out the numbers on how the game did, it was like 1.96 million viewers, I think, at its peak. People were, quote, tweeting it. People were tweeting it and saying, well, the SEC is a basketball conference. Don't forget it. The SEC is a basketball conference. And what did Bruce Pearl say a couple of weeks ago? That this is an everything school. This is an everything conference at this point. And teams like Arkansas and, and everyone you just listed that aren't the normal teams that were used to being the ones that go all the way or we're talking about in the postseason teams like Arkansas getting good make it so much more exciting to be part of this conference knowing that the number one team in the country could come in against an unranked Arkansas team and everyone knew that there was a good chance that there could be an upset everybody knew that this was not going to be one of those games men and and dominated the floor and and Arkansas wasn't ranked like if you're not part of this conference you're looking at that going really like they're packing the floor for this like why would an unranked team be excited about playing number one and and then you see what happens if you follow the SEC you weren't surprised by it um it makes it so exciting especially for me getting to cover this conference and not knowing what's going to happen night in and night out but Man, it's been really fun to watch rise here at Arkansas to watch the fans just really wrap him up and him and love this team and love the way he operates, you know, from the crazy shticks of like the locker room UPS delivery to the social media, like you said, to ripping the shirt off and going back out onto the court, which was just insane. I mean, He's a likable guy and he's got a talented basketball team. And I think that's the perfect combination, especially if you're an Arkansas fan right now. It's a great time to be an Arkansas fan of all sports, uh, first of all. But, man, it's it's exciting. And I'm really, really looking forward to seeing what this team does the rest of February. And then when we get tournament, because, man, there's going to be some revenge factors as well, especially if we potentially see that matchup again. Yeah, I still laugh at when Musk took his shirt off because I'm like, you know, someone had to help him. Like, it's not like he could have done it himself. He had to right. be like, whether it was like a police officer, Jay, he's like, hey, help me get my shirt off because he was in that sling. So I'm like, that just goes to show you that, you know, like, would other coaches have done that? Maybe. But the fact that he's sitting there in a sling 
And he had made a promise to the students that he had to take his shirt off and he had somebody over there help him get his shirt off. And then he got it back on in time for the press conference and everything like that. It was just, and it happens so fast. Like it, yeah. it, it happens so quickly. Like we finished our post game interview. I turned around to like, look and see how in the world am I going to get back to where I need to be? And I turned back around and Mus is coming back out of the tunnel with his shirt off. And I was like, what did you just did someone cut it like did i think someone cut it off of him like i think that's the only possible answer for how this happened because i even hit the truck i think they were still counting off for the broadcast by the time he got his shirt off and i was like just so you know Mus is on his way back to the floor shirtless and they were like i'm sorry can you say that again <laughs> it just happened so fast it was so funny yeah well i mean not everybody at his age can be in that good a shape to feel good about taking their shirt off so you got to Got to give him some credit for that as well. So we'll continue in our final segment of the Locked on Razorbacks podcast with Alyssa Lang here in just a second. But first, I got to tell you about Bill Bar. I know we all went through our New Year's resolutions, trying to eat healthier, trying to lose some weight. And hopefully most of you are still going strong. But maybe some of you have gone back to the wayside and you're struggling a little bit to maintain that. But luckily, you got Bill Bar that can help you out. It's a protein bar that tastes amazing because it's covered in 100% chocolate, but it's also really healthy. And it's something that you can help you maintain your weight or help you lose weight. And it's a delicious snack that you can have in all different types of flavors that you have to try it out. And for those of you that are looking to check it out, we have a great offer for you because you listen to the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. If you head over to built.com right now and use promo code BLOCKED15, you'll get 15% off your next order. It's as simple as that. doesn't matter how many you order. doesn't matter how many flavors you get. If you just go to built.com and enter in promo code LOCKED15, you will get 15% off your next order with Built Bar at Built.com. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, final segment with Alyssa Lang of the SEC Network here on the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. Now, Alyssa, you mentioned Sam Pittman in the previous segment. And I have a lot of friends because, you know, I went to the University of Arkansas. I grew up a Razorback fan, and I have a lot of friends that are Razorback fans too. And we're all nervous because things are going too good. You know, the football program and where it was a few years ago to where it is now. The basketball program, where it was just a couple, like a month or so ago to where it is now. Baseball, last year, you know, they were the number one team for the entire season pretty much. They did not, didn't get to the College World Series. But this year, a lot of people are saying, you know, top five. It's like things are just going way too good for Razorback fans right now, and they're a little worried that there might be something on the horizon. All right, who's going to get on the motorcycle? You know, what's going to happen here? It's going to cause problems. Like, I, I, I don't know. It, it's You mentioned it's a great time to be a Razorback fan, but Razorback fans are also seeing this before where it seems like anytime everything goes too good, it ends up being too good to be true. Yeah, and softball too. I mean, adding yeah. Courtney Neifel on the softball team was so so fun to watch last year as well. I mean, I totally get that. I, I get the uh, feeling of you know the pit pit in your stomach, feeling like it's too good to be true, and it's the rug's going to get pulled out from under you. But man, I just know in my experience and talking to these coaches and talking to the folks who run these programs, they just fit right? Like how many, how many times, how many discussions are we having, you know, before a coaching hire or after a coaching hire a year into a football coach's career that people are going, this just wasn't a good fit. How, how do we figure this out? How do we get this person out of here? How do we make a change? You just don't have that conversation right now with Arkansas and, and going to Arkansas football, 
knowing what they've been able to do the past couple of seasons. And I will say, you know, my second year with the SEC network was the first year that I started sidelining football every single weekend consistently. And I had what what we would call a package. I think I was at Arkansas four times Chad Morris's last season. And it got to the point where I'd be in the hotel, in the hotel lobby, going over for the 11 a.m. kick. And by the third and fourth week we were there, I'm not kidding. I had Razorback fans coming up to me going, look, we love having you here. We're going to the game today. But who did you upset to have to come cover our game for the third week in a row? And I was always like, you know, I'm happy to be anywhere, truly. Like, I'm happy to be on the sidelines of any field. I don't think I upset anybody, but like, it's going to get better. Like I promise it's going to get better. And they were just like every week, it felt like they were joking with me, you know, like, well, we don't want you to have to be here. Like our butts are in the seats because we're loyal Razorback fans, but like, we hate that you have to be here and watch this. Um, so then watching, you know, from that year to now, you know, I, w- I was interviewing Western Kentucky's head coach on Arkansas's field after beating Arkansas at home a couple of years ago, like that. It's, it's insane thinking about that moment and thinking about where we are now, beating Texas, beating Texas A&M, knowing the excitement surrounding this program is just so fun and, and the momentum that they have right now. I think the biggest thing for the football side that's been the most impressive, especially over the last couple of months of this offseason, is the fact that Coach Pittman's been able to retain his staff, right? Like he's been able to keep these coordinators. And like you said, you know, sometimes when you start to – have that feeling of everyone's doing well and everything's going well. What's about to happen? Well, what's about to happen is your coaches are about to get poached. Your coaches are about to get go go get hired somewhere else and your coordinators are going to get taken. And the fact that he's been able to keep everybody there makes me so much more excited for now year three and what this is going to look like under almost now full recruiting cycles of Sam Pittman and almost an entire team of Sam Pittman's players and the players that they're getting there I think the future is so bright. I think the the confidence level and the guys that left this team, the Grant Morgans of the world who wanted to leave the impression of the blue collar Razorback mentality on this team, I think that is set in stone in that locker room. And I think it's only going to get better and better for this team. We talk about the SEC East right now. You know, who's going to be that number two squad behind Georgia? Who's going to be the next one to step up? I don't think it's a question that Arkansas has already been that next team to step up in the SEC West and that they're not going anywhere anytime soon. So I I understand the doomsday mentality. Like I said, this is going so well. It can't go this well for this long, but ride it into the sunset. That's what I would say, because the better you get, that feeling's not going to go away. Yeah, they're enjoying it while it lasts, and hopefully it lasts for a very long time. Hopefully it's different this time around. So, uh, But, of course, you know, before we let you get out of here, I got to ask you, because I know that uh, on social media, you have, at least last I checked, you have said that you're a pretty big Marvel fan. Like, the, the movies and everything, even yeah. so much so that you have your dog, who is named Marvel. So. Yeah. Uh, big more. I'm curious because I love Marvel movies too. Like I, I go and see them all and, and everything. But I, I, did you just become like a Marvel fan like recently, or were you like from the beginning? You know, going back to like the Iron Man movie, was that like kind of like where it all came? Because I have some people that I know who started watching it kind of later, and then they just fell in love with it. But 
with how much you love Marvel, I feel like you've probably just been a fan for a very long time. Of them. Yeah, I, I have been a Marvel fan for a long time. I, I have a brother who grew up and was a big comic book guy and always read comics. And my dad was the same way. And my father's family has bins and bins of old comics. And I never got into it really from that standpoint. Um, but when the movies came out, we were always going to see, you know, first in line. Iron Man was one of my favorites. And when, when those movies came out, I was hooked um we just i don't know what it is you know it's always kind of in my like happy place and i always say that you know if if something happened with sports or something like that that if i could go talk about marvel movies for the rest of my life that would be great um but yeah i've always always been a big fan of those movies it's i think a masterpiece how it's been put together i always tell people you have to watch them in order like you have to watch them from order of release to truly understand the beauty of the writing and how they put everything together. I mean, all these movies just culminating in one final two-part movie. It's just it's just incredible to me. So yeah, as I said, named the dog Marvel. Probably another dog in our future that has another Marvel name. Uh, not gonna lie, we've already discussed that. So uh, it's it's not going anywhere anytime soon. I sobbed at the new Spider-Man movie. It was so good. Eternals was not that good. Uh, I will stand by that. I can still criticize Marvel while also loving Marvel. But um, Spider-Man, one of the best Marvel movies of all time. If you haven't seen it yet, you need to for sure. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree because like I don't know, I because I also love the like to, you know the, not to have a spoiler alert, but if you haven't seen it yet, that's on you. Like the Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield angle was pretty awesome too. So oh, yeah, so good. Yeah, and I was trying to think of like I was I have again friends of mine that we talk about this all the time. We debate like our favorite Marvel movies of the MCU and. Like, I don't know. Like, do you do you have that? Like, do you have like a top three or is it something to where you're one of those? It's like, oh, I love them all. And they're just so equal. Like, do you actually have a list of which ones you love the most? So I took a quiz. There's some quiz online that literally will go through every single one of the movies. And it basically gives you two different movies at, at a time and you have to pick each one. And somehow the algorithm basically then puts your ranking of the movies in order and whenever i ask people the same question i say that i, I don't think infinity war or and out like those are i think the best two movies like out of all of them just because it's the culmination so like i always take infinity war and endgame out of the discussion when we're talking about favorite movies uh winter soldier captain america winter soldier is a a fan favorite in this house as well as civil war even though civil war kind of makes me sad um spite the new spider-man now is definitely up there uh Iron Man one will forever be a classic, but I also will say that, you know, like if I'm having a long day or I'm kind of stressed or even feeling sad, like guardians is my go-to yeah. and I'll put that one on because those will always make you smile because those are hilarious. So, um, I can't remember from my formal list and my formal quiz, what my number one was. I think black Panther was up there as well, because that was just a fantastic movie. Um, I have to take the quiz again though, and really like put it in my phone so that when I'm asked this question, I have my proper answer and not name six movies, but that's where we are. <laughs> no, it, no. Cause like Thor, Thor Ragnarok is probably oh, like one, one of my, yeah, that's one of my favorite ones too. So yeah, I think we're on the same, same page for some of those too. Cause I, I'm, I feel the same way about like in game and, Infinity War because like Infinity War is probably my all time of all of them my favorite yeah. one just because of how great it was but it's like it's kind of cheating it's like he's like of course it was going to be great with all right. those all those people and right in there too so uh but listen Alyssa I appreciate you coming on I I know that 
Uh, it worked out perfectly since we've been trying to work this out for a while after a game like that. It was awesome to have you on. And I'm glad, I'm glad you got to experience it because not many people uh, really get to see something like that. And so, but appreciate you coming on to the podcast and, and talking about it. And I know, and hopefully we'll be able to catch up and do this again sometime really soon. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. And I hope I get to go back with Bud Walton being that crazy again at some point in my career.